Welcome to Numbers, News, and Nonsense, a sports podcast. Welcome to the 12th episode of Numbers, News, and Nonsense. We're your host, Brian. And Ryan. And for those of you returning, welcome back. And to start off the podcast, we have a little sad topic to talk about. Uh, last night, December 9th, uh, former wide receiver Demarius Thomas was found dead in his shower from a cardiac arrest. Uh, he was most well known for his overtime 80-yard touchdown catch from Tim Tebow in the 2011 wild card to knock off the Steelers. And in 2013, he was a part of the greatest offensive team in NFL history, the Peyton Manning-led Broncos. Yeah, he was a four-time Pro Bowler, two-time second-team All-Pro, uh, one-time Super Bowl champion. I mean, in his 11-year career, he racked up 9,763 yards and 63 touchdowns. Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, wide receiver stats. Uh, and for those of you who don't know, I'm a Broncos fan because I grew up a Peyton Manning fan, and when he went to Denver, I followed him and decided to root for the Broncos. And growing up, I remember – Besides Josh Gordon with the Browns, Demarius Thomas was my favorite wide receiver in the league. And I remember going outside playing football, acting like I was Demarius Thomas with my brother. Uh, I went to the Hall of Fame and I like took pictures of all of Demarius Thomas's uh, jerseys from the games he broke records in. And uh, it's just pretty sad. Uh, he was only 33 years old, pretty young. And he just played last year, I believe, for the Jets. Uh, but just a sad topic and happened recently. So our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends. Uh, but great wide receiver, loved him on the Broncos. And uh, to get off of that sort of sad topic, we're going to move into uh, NFL stats. And starting off is the passing yards. Uh, guess who's at top, Ryan? Guess who's on top? Okay, I'm going to take one guess. I'm going to take one guess. Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, it's the GOAT. Tom Brady is on top. Derek Carr is in second. Matt Stafford's in third. Kirk Cousins is in fourth. And second year, Justin Herbert is in fifth. Uh, who do you think ends up on top at the end of the year? Well, we know it won't be Derek Carr. We know that it's not going to be Kirk Cousins. It won't be Justin Herbert. So it's it's going to be down to Stafford and Brady. I It's going to be Tom Brady. I hate to say it. Like, I actually hate to say it. Like, you don't understand how much I hate to say it, but it's going to be Tom Brady. Let's look at rushing yards. Take a guess who's at top. Oh, I know who's at top. To Ernest Johnson. <laughs> Obviously, Deion. Jonathan Taylor. I mean, first couple weeks of the season, running back committee, and then turns out he was the president of the committee the whole time, and now he's leading the league in rushing yards. Then we got Mixon, Cook, um, Henry, Najee. I mean, okay, first off, Mixon's had a solid year. I'll give that to him. Delvin Cook hasn't played every single game this year. Derrick Henry has been out since like week eight and both of them are still on this list somehow 
And then you got Najee Harris, rookie out of Pittsburgh right now. He's been popping off for the Steelers too. But the one that will end up on top is Jonathan Taylor. There's there's no one catching up to him. I I mean he's he's almost over 400 yards above Mixon, so no one's catching up to him unless he tears his ACL and then Joe Burrow decides not to pass the ball ever again for the rest of the season and just let Mixon run it. So that's going to be Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, and I think a big name missing from the top five is uh, our guy Chubb. But looking at the carries, Nick Chubb has 40 less carries than Dalvin Cook, who has 198. Everybody else is over 200. Um, Antonio Gibson is behind Chubb with 206. So if Chubb was getting the same amount, I think he'd be up by Mixon's level. But Jonathan Taylor is unreal right now. He's basically what Derrick Henry was on pace for. And it happened because Jonathan Taylor just had a couple really good games. And now he's leading in rushing yards. And it's by a lot. So I think he's going to end up on top. Moving to receiving yards, uh, we have probably the offensive player of the year, Cooper Cup, is leading. Uh, Justin Jefferson in second, Devontae Adams in third, Debo Samuel in fourth, and Deontay Johnson in fifth. Uh, what strikes out in that list to you? From the beginning of the season to now, Debo Samuel. You might you might think Deontay Johnson, but if you watch the Steelers games, he gets the long ball a couple times a game, and he makes the catch a couple times a game. So that's where he's stacking up those yards. Cooper Cup, people call me Houdini because I'm a magician when it comes to um when it comes to predicting things. I predicted him being I mean Matthew Stafford's go to guy. Imagine if Stafford didn't choke the last couple of games. Imagine if Cup got the catches that he got in the first couple of weeks of the season, he'd be towering over Justin Jefferson. And besides Debo, Justin Jefferson also stands out to me. I mean, they have Adam Thielen too and Delvin Cook. So I didn't think Justin Jefferson was really having a solid year, to be honest, but he's he's racking up those yards by the second, same as Devontae Adams. Everyone knew that was going to come, but by the end of the year – I, I think it's going to be Devontae Adams. I'll be honest with you. I think he makes a huge step above, and Matthew Stafford will take a huge step down for Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think – I mean, I think Cup's going to end up on top. But like you said, Jefferson is, like, sneakily creeping up. So it's possible he could jump up. And then I'm just shocked by Deontay – Deontay is a really good wide receiver, and he gets overlooked by uh, Juju and Chase, uh, Chase Claypool, which Deontay <laughs> Johnson Claypool. is probably the best. <laughs> the only reason people don't know about him is because he doesn't have a TikTok like the other two clowns on that <laughs> team. Yeah, they're the kings of TikToking for sure. Moving into the defensive side of the ball, we have tackles. We have... In first, it's not even a shock. It's Bobby Wagner. He's in first every single year. He's always at the top of the list. And then we have 
Foy Sade Olukun from Atlanta. That is shocking. I don't know who that is. Um, Denzel Perryman, Las Vegas, is in third. Jordan Brooks, wow, two Seattle linebackers. That's pretty amazing. And then Roquan Smith, and Roquan Smith is a beast. Um, not really sure what we could talk about here other than Seattle having two of the linebackers in the top five is pretty impressive in today's defenses. Yeah, and I mean, I, I got to tell you, before we all thought that the defense was the problem in Seattle, which it still probably is, to be honest, but you have two two players in the top five leading tackles this year, and then you have Jamal Adams. So you have a solid defense. You have a solid vet defense, too. The offense is where it's just dead on the ground. So I, I don't know. I don't I don't even like the Seahawks. I'm done talking about them. I'm moving the sacks. TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Judon, Quinn, Bosa. I mean Nick Bosa. I hate TJ Watt. I do. I do. But Miles Garrett is the GOAT. I don't know if Miles Garrett can catch up to Watt, and I hate to say that because this was supposed to be the year Miles Garrett was going to win Defensive Player of the Year, and it turns out that's just not going to happen right now. With how things are going, with how T.J. Watt's been doing, that won't happen. He still has a chance just because the Steelers will probably not win another game this year. So T.J. Watt will probably start to decline a little bit because the whole team will. But as things are looking right now, Watt's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I think as Browns fans, we wanted Garrett to finally do it. Well, no uh, kidding. I would To hope finally be better than Watt. Um, but Miles Garrett has cooled off, and it's kind of annoying. Like he, he's not putting as much pressure on anymore. He's not getting sacks. Judon already caught up, which is amazing for Judon. And then Bosa—that's actually sweet that Nick Bosa is up here because he really hasn't been up on the sack list because he's been hurt or he just hasn't been getting enough sacks. And then TJ, like you said, is probably Defense Player of the Year if he holds on to the league leader in sacks. So, we'll you see. Also, you also have to look at this. The refs are on the Steelers' side. The refs are against the Browns. True. That plays a huge factor. But unfortunately, when the judging comes to wins defense player of the year, that doesn't take a say. Yeah. Take us to interceptions. Um. Okay, so interceptions, you got Diggs with nine, J.C. Jackson with seven, and then Poyer, Kevin Biard, and Armani Orrure, all with five. Orrure. Orrure. I have no clue. Orrure. Um, and... What I'm going to talk about here is J.C. Jackson is an underrated corner. Nobody really knows about him. Uh, He's going to get paid because he's young and he's playing really good. And he's already catching up to Diggs' nine interceptions. But it is looking like Diggs gets an interception every single game. 
And that's kind of impressive too. Yeah, I mean, Diggs Diggs and uh, Parsons, great defensive duo. But JC just, I mean, he comes in for New England and he just starts popping off. So, solid guy, solid guy. Yeah, and the next thing we're going to do is week 13 takeaways. And we have we have a couple takeaways we're going to discuss. Um, the first one, Van Jefferson is a solid replacement for Robert Woods. Uh, I know you probably have insight about this one. Yeah, because I am Houdini, so I do know <laughs> these kind of things. Okay, here's the thing. Let's Let's talk Rams for a second. Who predicted Cooper Cup to be Stafford's go-to guy? I did. Houdini did. Um, they pick up Odell in free agency, and then Robert Woods tears his ACL. Van Jefferson has been up and down, up and down all season so far. Here's the thing. He could have been a solid number two guy, to take Woods' place, but all the pressure is on Stafford now to get the ball to Odell, so it's just not going to happen. Not yet. I think the coaching is solid there in L.A. It really is, but right now the pressure is to get the ball to Odell, and when they find out that that doesn't work all the time, then they're going to bring in Jefferson and try to get him more targets because he's a solid young guy, and People don't people don't defend him like they defend Cooper Cup in games. So you can use that, and you can take out teams one by one because you're bringing this young guy that people don't really guard as great as you as you would think. So he won't be the number two guy right now to to replace Woods. Maybe come playoff time he will be, but right now it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Um, the next one is Gardner Minshew could be a starter for multiple teams. I I 100% believe in this. And um, just thought I'd shout out his rookie numbers real quick. As a rookie for the Jaguars, 21 touchdowns, six interceptions. He went six and six and threw for 3,200 yards. And they somehow decided the next season – no, you suck. We're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. Uh, that's all I got to say about that. Yeah, what I mean, you- I, I mean, Minshew is just – he's the GOAT. I mean, you can't hate him. You just can't. Um, He played the Jets, though. Now, there, there's good and bad out of this whole situation so far, out of this whole game. They won, yes. They played the Jets. That's bad. They didn't kill the Jets. That's bad. But he, he Jalen Hurts, wasn't um wasn't supposed to be out of the game until a couple days before. And Gardner Minshew comes in and he just acts like he's been on this team for or he's been starting for this team this whole season and stuff. Can he be someone to just go on a team and 
start leading them? I don't think so, no. And speaking of quarterbacks, uh, this one, Big Ben is one of the clutchest quarterbacks of all time. And this is relating back to uh, the Ravens-Steelers game last week. And I think he is, but he's not really a good quarterback. He's just really clutch when it comes to fourth quarter. Well, here's the thing. Pittsburgh is a joke. Big Ben's a joke. You have to understand that. Um, Big Ben faced a somewhat injured Ravens team. The Steelers' defense stepped up big time. Lamar's a joke. We know that, too. Big Ben has crazy weapons. He has a solid O-line. It's not that he's so clutch. It's that his team is great at coming up in the crunch time. I mean, that's that's pretty much it. Big Ben is he, – he, he's just not good right now. He's never been good. He's just a joke. But it, it's, it's his team. It's his team that's making him look clutch. That's the thing. Yeah, I, I might disagree with that because I just did, like, some quick research. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger has 39 comebacks, 51 game-winning drives. And if you look at another quarterback, this quarterback has 41 comebacks, 51 game-winning drives. You want to guess who that quarterback is? Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, he's played 51 games. Tell me um, who that quarterback is. That quarterback is Tom Brady. Oh so, my God. Big speaking ben, of jokes, speaking of jokes, thanks for bringing up another joke. Big Ben and Tom Brady have the same amount of game-winning drives, and that's why I think you can put him up there with clutch quarterbacks. And they both have like the same amount of talent too. You have to look at that. If you look <laughs> at every single team, well, obviously the Bucs have more talent, offensive, defensive. But offensive, they both have crazy solid receivers, solid running backs, solid O-lines. Right now, you have to look at the teams, too. True. True. It is true. But it is. I think it, it comes down to them. That's like if you ever see Aaron Rodgers with 40 seconds left, you know he might win the game. Might? And I think know he will. But I think you could say that with Big Ben, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees used to do it, Big Ben. Those guys are clutch. So I think Big Ben's up there. I could say it about Gardner Minshew. Oh, yeah, definitely Gardner Minshew. It's not Tom Brady. Next one, Cincinnati and the Chargers are the most inconsistent teams in the NFL. Yes. Yeah, I mean – there's a bunch of inconsistent teams this year, but they they really just step out in front of everyone else, and it's disgusting because they're. I, I would have liked the Chargers to do something just to get in front of the Chiefs. I'm glad the Bengals are just so inconsistent that they're that bad, but it's disgusting at this point. I mean, oh, my gosh, how are you that inconsistent? It's just crazy, like – um. So they they beat the Jags by three. They lost to the Packers by three. They beat the Ravens by like three touchdowns. And then we beat them by three touchdowns. They lost to the Jets. 
they beat the Steelers by three touchdowns, and then they lose by two touchdowns to the Chargers. They're, it's just up and down with them. And I don't, that's why I can't take them seriously unless they get consistent. Yeah, I never really took them seriously this year. I mean, I'll be honest. You look, they just don't have enough. And you look again. Wait, two things first off about Joe Burrow. He started off great, but now this season he started off great. Now he's just declining. He's throwing more interceptions. Another thing, I saw a picture after his injury, his pinky injury that was swollen. <laughs> his pinky injury that was swollen. Just just imagine it for a second. His pinky injured. I understand that might affect your throwing, but people felt bad for him. And when Baker Mayfield plays with every 16 single injury injuries yeah. under the sun, people hate on him for throwing an interception or something. It's it's crazy how stupid people can be. It is crazy. The next takeaway is the NFC wildcard race is wide open. And let me run these down. Um, six seed is Washington. Seven seed is 49ers. Eight seed is Vikings. Nine seed is Eagles. Ten seed is Panthers. Eleven seed is Falcons. Um, and they're all within one game of each other. Yeah, I mean, it's it's close. There's a few teams you can just you can think they're completely out of it, or there's a few teams you can think that they're completely in it. But it is definitely closer, and it's it's really anyone anyone's game now. I mean, it's whoever can step up this late in the season. So out of do it, yeah. So out of these couple teams. Who do you think gets the last two spots? I want to know who you think. I don't want you copying off my answer. <laughs> All right, then I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Vikings and the Eagles. I think they slide in, kick the football team out, and kick the 49ers out. I'm I'm keeping the Niners in this first off. Football team, it, it won't be the Vikings. I Never really kicked out the Eagles completely. I've just been up and down with them because they are also an inconsistent team when you think about it. Um, And the division they're in. Washington football team won't do much anymore. I mean, they're just injury-prone right now. They aren't using the running game as much as they should be. They aren't using Scary Terry really at all. So I'm going to go the Eagles. That's what I think. Next, we're going to do our Week 12 awards. And starting off, Offensive Player of the Week, my Offensive Player of the Week, the old man, the GOAT, the future MVP this year, Tom Brady. Woo! (laughs) He had 368 passing yards, four touchdowns against the Falcons. (laughs) The Bucs won 30-17. And they moved to nine and three. He's still my MVP pick, and they're still my Super Bowl pick to come out of the NFC. Do you want to talk about how crazy stacked his team is now, 
or do you want to wait? Yeah, yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait until okay, they win the okay, Super Bowl just again. Making sure, just making sure. Um, now that we got that old joke out of the way, the real offense player of the week, Jonathan Taylor, 32 carries, 143 yards, about five yards of carry, two touchdowns. I mean, he killed the Texans 31-0. Carson Wentz didn't have that great a game. He had a solid game, but not that great. So they gave the ball to Jonathan Taylor, and he just started popping off again, just like he usually does. It sounds way better than Tom Brady. Well, I think offensive player of the week. No, no, no. I want I want to go back and talk about the Colts. I wasn't going to say anything about Brady. I want to talk about the Colts. You have nothing um, to say about that man. The Colts defense holding the Texans to zero is actually impressive for me. Um, their defense is finally stepping up, and I know last week they lost to the Bucks, but if they can hold a shutout. I think that's pretty good, and that's what's going to help. Jonathan Taylor, run the ball. Defense, stop the ball. Carson Wentz, be an average quarterback. And that's why we think they're like they're going to sneaky. They're going to be sneaky in the playoffs, I think. Yeah, I mean, I at first, I remember a couple weeks ago, I was talking Colts defense, and it was when they beat the Jets. And I was very upset with the defense because they gave up 30 points to the Jets. Now they hold the Texans to just no points. No points at all. That is extremely impressive. But, 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 after their bye week this week, it'll show what their defense can do against Mac Jones and the Patriots. Ooh. That'll be a that good is game. that's the real test. They they have I mean, this is their schedule going out. Patriots Cardinals. That's extremely tough. You need to win one of those games. Yeah. Then you have the Raiders and Jags. You need to win both of those games. They should go four and one. They should, and I'm hoping they do. Next up, we got defensive player of the week, and my defensive player of the week was T.J. Watt. Sadly. Um, three and a half sacks against the Ravens, six tackles, one forced fumble. He has a two sack lead over Miles Garrett, as we already talked about. And it's looking like he's going to be the defense player of the year. Yeah. TJ Watt. I, I mean, I looked forever trying to find someone else that did better than him on the defensive end. And I just couldn't. And I was so mad because, Oh my gosh, I can't stand it. You, you you can't even I mean, he has a solid defense around him too. Don't get me wrong. He is a great defense player. Don't get me wrong. He is going to beat Miles Garrett, and that is where I'm hoping I am wrong because Miles Garrett this this was his year. This was his year. When he took, like, five sacks against the Bears, nobody was supposed to beat that this whole season. And then T.J. Watcher starts coming out, firing. You, you can't, I, I can't even think of a good argument anymore to why yeah. Miles Garrett should be winning this over T.J. Watt. Yeah, it really, it was Miles Garrett's to lose, and that's exactly what he did. He, he lost it. Yeah. I mean, you can blame, you can blame 5% on Joe Woods, 
five percent on the defense, ninety percent on him. <laughs> yeah. Team of the week. <laughs> Philly, 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 Philly cheesesteak. Eagles. I'll give it to the Eagles this week. I'll give it to them. Gardner Minshew for MVP. It's time to start talking about that. Um, One game and he just wins. If you don't win MVP, I don't know what this league is. But Miles Sanders, 120 yards. Dallas Goddard, 105 yards, two touchdowns. Defense, one interception, two sacks. I mean, they beat the Jets. 33-18. I don't care if it's the Jets. Even though I said before, I care it was the Jets because Minshew beat the Jets, and that's not too impressive. But I'm giving this one to the Eagles just because they deserve some recognition. Yeah, I like I said earlier, love Gardner. Um, but my team of the week is the Detroit Lions. They finally got their first win of the year against the Vikings. Jared Goff, 296 yards, three touchdowns. Jamal Williams, 71 rushing yards. Amon Ross St. Brown went off. And I just loved Jared Goff through that game-winning touchdown with like three seconds left. And he ran to the sidelines and jumped into their coach's uh, arms. And they were celebrating like they won a Super Bowl. And that's why I think they're going to keep the coach. They're going to keep Goff. They just need to build around them and I think they could be a decent football team yeah I mean I I need to just talk about the Lions for a second here because I was completely wrong I thought they could only beat the Steelers but the Vikings showed that they are the biggest disgrace on this planet (laughs) so bravo to the Vikings um I mean I can't believe it I can't believe it and what better way to win than in the last second of the game yeah to get a game-winning touchdown and when he golf went to hug his coach that is something you want to see extremely badly if you're a Lions fan because you know that that should be a sign that Goff is somewhat their franchise QB for the next at least year. And then their coach, I love their coach. I think he's underrated. I think he's a great coach to have. Their coach should be staying on that team. If they If they didn't win a game this year, he probably would have been fired. But I think they're going to give him one more year, see what he can do, and I hope they do because he's a solid coach. Yeah. And our next award is Game of the Week, and my Game of the Week is Ravens-Steelers. Ben announced he was going to retire a week before, and then he came out and played great. 236 passing yards, two touchdowns, no turnovers. Uh, Najee had 71 rushing yards. Deontay Johnson, 105 yards and two touchdowns. And they sacked Lamar Jackson seven times. It was a great AFC North rivalry game, and it could have implications later on if the Steelers try to make a run or if the Ravens lose the one seed in the AFC North. So this could be a potential playoff game uh, implications. Yeah, I mean – as a Browns fan, we rooted for the Steelers to win that game. Yeah. One of the one time we would root for the Steelers. As great as that was for the Browns, it still completely stung all the Browns fans in some way. And let me tell you why. We lost to the Ravens. We lost to the Steelers. We should have beat both of them. Yes. And the Ravens are 
a disgusting team right now, a disgusting lucky team right now. The Steelers have Big Ben as their QB. That says enough about it. I mean, this stings like a B. A B, literally no joke, no joke. Outside, a B just comes up to you, looks at you, thinks you're Buttersworth or something, and then just stings you. And that's how it was like if you're a Browns fan. He stung you with love. Okay, let's think about this. Hold on for a second. So the B sees you, thinks you're honey or something. So he loves honey. He stings you with love. That's the point where the Steelers won. That's the good thing for the Browns. And then, turns out, he stung you and it hurt badly. And that's the sting for the Browns fans. Because because the Ravens and Steelers are both bad teams. And we lost to them both. Yeah. And those are both winnable games that we should have won. Yeah, I really love that B analogy. Yeah, thanks. I've been practicing it. I've been using it for multiple multiple situations in my life. <laughs> uh, let's hear about your game of the week. My game of the week. What's better than the Patriots and Bills? Question time. Trivia time. But it's not trivia because it's more like opinion. Is Mac Jones a, a bit overrated? A bit. A bit, yes. But I still like him. But he's a bit overrated, yes. Yeah, that's just how all these QBs come into the league. They, if you get that lucky like Mac Jones was, and you start popping off like that, then there's eventually going to be a game that shows that you're a bit overrated. And that was the game. Trivia time again, but once again, not trivia. It's just an opinion question. Bill Belichick, is he coach of the year? That's not even an opinion. That's yes. That's I think it's going to be facts. They are the one seed in the AFC now. Let me um, tell you. Let me let me ask you this now: Who predicted Bill Belichick <laughs> to be coach of the year? And then wait, wait. Who <laughs> changed their answer to Bill Belichick after they heard someone else say it? <laughs> Houdini. 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 That's me. Yeah. Back to the game. No interceptions for both teams. There's an accomplishment. Um, huge running game for the Patriots. It wasn't even a great running game. I give credit to the Bills' defense, if anything, because they held that running game to 14 points. And the running game is solid. It really is solid in New England. And the Bills' defense did a solid job holding them. Um, But, I mean, the Patriots came out on top 14-10 to in the cold Bills' stadium. I would have liked to see them play where there's not wind 200 miles an hour like that and where the goalpost is not shaking back and forth. Yeah. Because that would have showed Mac Jones against Josh Allen, but instead it showed the Patriots running game against Josh Allen in the wind. So, I mean, it was a solid game. Patriots won. They deserved the win. Bill Belichick deserved the win. The next award is our underrated player of the week. And my underrated player of the week is definitely not somebody that you would have seen anywhere. Um, Javante, let, me let me take a guess. Gardner Minshew. No, I'm actually switching to a oh. more more underrated player. Oh. He's more underrated. Uh, Javante Williams. 
Okay. Okay. Rookie running back for the Broncos. Uh, he had 102 rushing yards, and he had a receiving touchdown, and he had 76 receiving yards as a running back. Um, totaled 178 yards as a rookie. Um, this is his second game over 100 yards because he's been behind Melvin Gordon basically the whole season. And Melvin Gordon was hurt, so he finally got to get a chance at all of the carries. And while they lost to the Chiefs, you can put that blame elsewhere because it wasn't on Javante. Yeah, I mean, the Broncos at least got something now to build around. You have Javante Williams. I mean, it's it's harder to build around a running back than a QB, but at least you have something to build around. Yeah. You saw DeAndre Swift. They're, they started to build around him, and now they got Jared Goff. So, obviously, Bridgewater is not the go-to answer for them in the future. But Williams has been popping off, and nobody talks about him just because he's on the Broncos. My underrated player of the week. Chris Godwin, I mean, one week he's my underrated player, the next week he's my overrated player. 15 receptions, 143 yards. That's about nine and a half yards a catch. Here's the question, though. Is he happy on the Bucks? I think I think he's happy. Um, the reason I say he's happy is because they're winning. He got a championship last year. He's playing with Tom Brady. And right there, 15 receptions in a game, that's – I think that was like their franchise record that he just broke. Um, so I think he's pretty happy regardless of if he's getting 15 receptions every game. I think he's still going to be happy. He's not He's not like Odell. Let me say that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess so. But he's happy right now during the season. Oh, now, yeah. I said checked. He's a free agent, right? Yeah, I think so. They're talking about uh, paying him. Like that's the thing. big money. Well, that's the thing. You have a lot of money, and you have a lot of solid players. There's no way they can give Chris Godwin everything on the planet and still be able to give all these other players everything on the planet. So I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Godwin just left and free agent. And last I checked, Browns will probably not be keeping Landry. So Ooh. Maybe, maybe we get Godwin. That would be interesting because I mean, we would finally have a receiver over six feet tall. Yeah, and you know who said that? Houdini. Houdini. So it's got to come true. Rookie of the week. This is weird coming out of my mouth. Zach Wilson played a pretty good game. Uh, 226 yards two passing touchdowns, and a rushing touchdown. But they still lost, and he still threw an interception. But he's improving, and I think that's what we wanted to see uh, after his injuries, after his pretty crappy interceptions earlier in the season. He's finally scoring touchdowns, and that's good to see for him. He couldn't do it alone, I'll tell you that. Maybe someone in the coaching staff – I'm not saying it's the head coach. I'm not saying it's the offensive coordinator. But there's got to be someone in that coaching staff that is the reason he's improving a little bit. And the Jets' management better figure out who it is 
so they can build a better connection so he can keep improving. The real rookie of the week, St. Brown on the Lions, on the winning Lions, finally did something for the team. He's giving them hope. Ten receptions, 86 yards, one touchdown. Helped give them their first win. I mean, there's really nothing else to be said here. He's he's their number one receiver right now. They don't have Kenny Galladay anymore, even though he's a joke. They have – this is their big three on the offense. Jared Goff, DeAndre Swift, St. Brown. It's not a big three that you can say it's big because they're all not extremely talented. DeAndre Swift is most talented, then Goff because he's a QB, and then we have St. Brown. But at least you have some stuff, and it's not like they're all old. They're young guys. So you have something to build up. Yeah, and like you, I was just about to say that. Your core pieces on the Lions right now, St. Brown, Goff, Swift, and then you have Akuda, um, the cornerback, but he's injured. But those yeah. are your four core guys that you need to build around. And St. Brown's only a rookie, and I think they should start passing to him more because he's a good receiver. Uh, I think he, he might be better than his brother uh, who plays over with Green Bay. Um, but I think they need to start passing to him more. And like you said, he should be the number one receiver on the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Houdini said it. So, disappointing player of the week. Disappointing. I'm. This is what I'm going to say. This is my answer. Terry McLaurin. It's, it's time we start talking about him. We really haven't talked about him. Three receptions, 22 yards. That is embarrassing. That really is. That really is. Um, Especially considering how talented he is. The offense, whoever the offensive coordinator is on the Washington football team has to get fired. That's what I'm going to say. I don't care if Heineke's having a solid year. Your two best players, Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, they have not been doing what everyone thought they'd be doing this year. They are not using Antonio Gibson in that running game as much as you think. Especially when they have McKissick with his speed. You have a solid running back duo with two players with completely different skills. You're not using them correctly. Then you have Terry McLaurin, your number one receiver on that team. He's not even getting the most receptions in the game. You could be winning games, but your offense is just dead right now, and that's why Terry McLaurin is not doing anything for this team because these plays are not being built around him. Yeah, I think Terry McLaurin is definitely talented enough uh, they just need to give him the ball. And we saw, I think, what, last year maybe or the year before, he had a really good season. I think he might have been um, rookie of the year maybe, offensive rookie of the year. Um, let me check. He, yeah, last year, 1,000 yards, four touchdowns. His rookie year, 900 yards, seven touchdowns. This year, little lower, 805 touchdowns. But they're not using him to his fullest potential. And that's what's like sad to see because he's a good wide receiver. They're just not throwing to him. Yeah, he's a young guy with crazy big potential. And he is not 
showing it because he can't show it when the ball's not getting in his hands. My disappointing player of the week, actually two players, um, I couldn't decide. Joe Burrow threw two picks and lost to the Chargers. Um, It was a head-to-head matchup, him versus Herbert. Everybody's trying to discuss who's better, Um, and I think Herbert's better. Um, And then – Oh, you don't? No? It's it's too early to say. It's too early. Yeah, it is. I'm going to say Burrow has – they're both potential. They're both sophomores, but I mean, um, I I like her own crunch time. I don't like Herbert and crunch time. I'll tell you that. Yeah, and then my second disappointing player of the week, Teddy Bridgewater. He single handedly lost that Chiefs game, and I was going to bring it up earlier, but I was waiting to talk about it now. He threw two picks, and the end score was twenty two to nine. Uh, I just. Teddy Bridgewater is not the guy that you want at quarterback. And the Broncos, I they better move from him next season. I don't know what else they're going to do. They might be in the worst QB position out of this whole league right now. I, I can't think of another team that I could say they have no potential at the QB position. Yeah. Um, the Steelers at least have Haskins. Yeah, and at least they have – yeah, that's a. I can only say that. He was a big man, but Teddy Bridgewater, like I kept saying, he's not their future guy. And when you watch that game, he was just fed up with losing and getting beat up, so he just started giving long balls and not being accurate. He hurt himself there. If he would have had a solid game and lost, people would still love him. But he's the reason they lost that game. I don't care if it wasn't too close of a game. He's still the reason, if you watch that game, that he lost that game. And it's it's embarrassing because he won't stay. Drew Locke, we know, is a nobody. I mean, they, they, they're not going to have a top pick this year in a bad QB draft. They have been in talks, or rumors at least, to try to get a QB like Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson, they should not be going for those players because you're giving up completely everything for them and you don't have a future because they're old. You have Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, um, Cortland Sutton. I mean, you have a solid – you have some offensive weapons. I'll give you that. You have to build the O-line. But you need a QB that can throw to them for the next couple of years, not the next year or two. Yeah, I just think they need to move from him. Hopefully, I guess, trade for a quarterback or draft a quarterback. I really don't know what they're going to do. Moving into the Week 14 predictions, we have, we're recording on a Friday, so the Thursday night game already happened, Steelers-Vikings, and we both picked the Vikings. Game actually got pretty close, though. Uh, the Vikings were up, like, what, like 21 nothing or 26 nothing. And the Steelers came back and lost by, like, a touchdown or something. Yeah, only in the second half they scored. Yeah. That just shows – I don't think the Vikings coach is a problem. He's he's a a solid coach, I'd say. I think Kirk Cousins is the problem. I think he's just 
taking the game on his own and trying to do everything himself. Yeah, this was this was Kirk's like first pretty bad game of the season. He threw three, he threw two picks, and he had sixteen incompletions. That was a pretty bad game. He's lucky Dalvin Cook went off. Yeah, he's not he's not a solid QB. I mean, but it's it's not that the Steelers had a solid comeback. It's that the Vikings had a solid embarrassment of a second half. Falcons versus Panthers. Um, I'm taking the Panthers, but this could go either way. I'm taking the Falcons if Cam plays at QB. I think he's supposed to. So the Falcons are winning this game. (laughs) Cowboys, Washington football team. Cowboys, but I think it'll be close. Cowboys, but I think it'll be not close. Uh, I don't know. Washington's defense has stepped up recently. Well, well, and their offense have stepped down. <laughs> Browns and the Ravens. You tell me who you pick, and then I just got to tell you what's going to happen. <laughs> I picked the Browns. <laughs> okay, thanks. Thanks for, thanks for confirming that. This is what's going to happen. They they are completely hyped up. They were completely hyped up a week ago. Here's the thing. The moment Najoku went down with COVID and Harrison Bryant went down with an ankle injury, that's when everything just started going downhill. And I called it. I called it right after Najoku and Bryant went down. I'm like, this is how it's going to happen for this week. We had so much hype going into this week, coming off the bye. But then the curse of the Browns just hits us and players start going down faster than flies in a jar of honey, if that's even a realistic thing. But <laughs> it, it's it's going to happen, and it already is happening. Jamie Gillen's down. Anthony Walker's down. Uh, who who just went down with a concussion today in practice? Greg Newsome, Greg final Newsome. play of practice, got a concussion. Yes, so th- this is what I'm seeing. I wouldn't be surprised if a couple more players just went down. But this means Austin Hooper, who can't catch a cold, is our number one tight end this week. Yeah, that's what I'm scared of. I said this earlier in a group chat. I said, um, Najoku's with COVID, Bryant's hurt, and we have our worst tight end as our number one tight end. Our worst overpaid tight end. And here's the thing. Najoku and Bryant can at least block. Austin Hooper's not a blocker. He's supposed to be a catcher, but he yeah. can't even catch. So he's not going to do anything good. Higgins has been on and off with injuries. I don't even know if he's playing. Yeah, I, I think, haven't heard about him in the past couple of weeks. Apparently he has they've been sitting some stuff him. going on that no one's saying anything about. Yeah, they've been sitting him as healthy scratches, which makes no sense. Yeah, he's it's time that really somebody good. comes out and says what's going on with him because we brought him back this year hoping that him and Mayfield could do something together, and then he's just not playing. Yeah. Some, someone has to come out and say something about him. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been fighting injuries, and he can't catch the ball. Landry fumbles every other second. He can't even catch the ball. See, this is this is what's going to happen. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And with Newsom and Anthony Walker down, I mean. I wouldn't be shocked if this is worse than the other game. Yeah. The only good thing out of this is that we picked up Colquitt, Colquitt yeah. the Chiefs backup, and chances are, 
he's going to be taking Jamie Gillen's starting spot because Jamie Gillen's is probably the worst punter in the league right now. I, yeah, I don't care if Colquitt's old. He's probably going to be taking a starting spot the rest of the season. Yeah, I hope we uh, we get rid of Jamie Gillian. Uh, but we've also had both Colquitt brothers. Uh, yeah. So that's his, pretty his cool. His other brother the last couple of years, or a couple of years ago, he was a solid punter. He was. Yeah, I don't know why we got rid of him. Because Jamie Browns. Gillen <laughs> fooled us. He thought he was good, and then he came in, and turns out he's a joke. Next game, Saints versus Jets. I'm taking my boy, Zach Wilson, and the Jets. <laughs> you, 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 you. I'm not taking your boy. Your boy is what you would call him, Zach Wilson. I will be taking the Saints in this easy win. Let's move on to an ugly game again. Jags and the Titans. I'm I'm going Tennessee. Don't yeah, even Tennessee. go Jags. Yeah. Go no, ahead. I'm going Tennessee. Good. Raiders and Chiefs. Could have been interesting if it is it a home game for the Chiefs? Uh let me check. Check it out. Check it out. Yeah, it is a home game. Okay, could have been interesting if it was a home game for the Raiders, but it's not, so the Chiefs are winning this game. I also have the Chiefs. Seahawks and Texans. Seahawks. I don't like to go Seahawks, but after what they did to the Niners, I mean, I'm going Seahawks. Yeah, I'm also going Seahawks, but uh, the Texans just announced that Davis Mills is starting for the rest of the season. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, who knows? Maybe Davis Mills puts on a show. Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl, maybe. Oh, maybe, maybe. Don't count them out. Giants and the Chargers. Chargers are winning this game. Yeah, Chargers. I don't like talking about the Giants. They're horrible. I don't either. <laughs> I mean, I'm in the Seahawks. I just don't enjoy talking about. So let's just move on. Lions and Broncos. I'm going Broncos only because I think um, it is a home game for the Broncos. And with the Demarius Thomas news, they're doing a bunch of Demarius Thomas tributes. Uh, I do think... The Broncos are going to be motivated, and I think they have to be motivated because the AFC West right now is still up for grabs, and I don't think they're going to lose to the Lions. Yeah, I think everything's in favor of the Broncos to win this game, really, but I think the Lions will win this because Lions are coming off a win, something that they've never heard of. But do they want to keep winning to risk their draft spot? Or does it not matter at this point? Just keep winning. Well, let's see. Let's see. So, who else? The Jets have one win, right? Uh, Jets have two. And Jets the have Texans three. Have two? Jets have three. Okay, and then the Texans have two. And Jags have two. Jags have two. So, that's the thing. I'm thinking they win one. I'm thinking their coach wants to win. I don't think he cares about their picks. I think he just wants to win. Yeah, plus, either way, if you win like three more games, you're still gonna have a top five pick at least. Yeah, so, and you don't have to go for your QB. You don't. True. Yeah. Forty Niners versus the Bengals. Forty Niners because the Bengals are a bunch of posers. Yeah, Forty Niners because we want the Bengals to lose. Bills versus Bucks. Bucks, baby. 
You, 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 you. You must be celebrating April Fools or something because the Bills are winning this game. Well, Ryan, let me tell you, it's December. It's not April Fools, and Tom Brady's going to steamroll the Bills. Okay. So when Josh Allen steamrolls the Bucks, you have to jump in Lake Erie. All right, then. In I'll December. Do I'll be home. Which is we'll now. Which yep. is now. Bears and Packers. Ugly versus good. Packers are winning this game. Packers are winning, but something to uh, make it exciting, Justin Fields is back good. after the disgusting weeks played by uh, Andy Dalton. Yeah, he, he Dalton's coming off four interceptions. If you think to start him, actually, I could see him starting Andy Dalton <laughs> this game against the Packers. I'll be honest with you because nobody cares about him. But then after that, you better get Justin Fields in. Give him some more games this season. Yeah. Let's end this with Rams and the Cardinals. I didn't I, even think about this twice. I just went Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals are red hot. Um, Kyler's back. Kyler played pretty good. Um, the defense, eh, they're they're looking decent. Gave up 22 to the Bears. Um, but they also picked off Andy Dalton four times. Um, and well, I think he is Andy Dalton, but. Well, yeah, he is Andy Dalton. Um, Before but we yeah, finish, I think the though, Cards are going to win that. Yeah, I need to ask you this about the Cardinals, though. If J.J. Watt was healthy still, are the Cardinals winning the Super Bowl? See, I, I don't know. Because remember Chandler Jones got off to that hot start with sacks. Oh, yeah, and I called him Defensive Player of the Year, and then that didn't yeah. happen. And then, like, J.J. Watt really wasn't doing a lot. He was just kind of being there. Well, that's the thing, though. He, he's a vet. He, him just being there yeah. still improves the defense. I mean, I think either way, they're still going to be competing for the Super Bowl, I think. I don't think having him spikes them or not having him hurts them. I think they're going to be just fine with or without him. Well, they won't be fine when the Packers win the Super Bowl, but they'll be at home crying, crying themselves to sleep. Yeah, Kyler's going to be in his crib. Um, Get it? Because he's, like, short. He's a baby. Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) (laughs) That wraps up the predictions for uh, next week. And I don't know, Ryan, do you have anything you need to say? Do I have anything I need to say? No. We will see you next time. Numbers, news, and nonsense.